everyone, and welcome to Chapter Tactics. Before we move on, I'd like to take a brief moment to honor a fallen comrade, uh, Jeff in Control Robinson. Um, is a legend in the community, and um, if you listen to Chapter Tactics in the past, or if you follow Warmer 40k or StarCraft, you'll know what a big presence he was in those respective communities, and uh, a lot of people miss him. So I'd just like to start this episode off with a quick moment of silence in the name of Jeff. Alright, welcome to Chapter Tactics. This is the Warmer 40k podcast that focuses on playing Warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Mr. Petey Pob, and with me, I've got three amazing co-hosts. We're going to introduce them first before we introduce the topic because I think it's important that you know who they are before we talk about the topic. And first we have Mr. Skari, the regular co-host. Hello, it's me. Second, we have Mr. Chase from Goonhammer. Hey, everybody. My name is Gunnam. I write for Goonhammer. And then finally, we have the one, the only Adrian from the TT Tabletop Titans YouTube channel. Hello, hello. All right. So the reason why I brought these three intelligent blokes onto the episode is because we're going to be talking power rankings. And as you all know, Ranking factions is not subjective in the least bit. It is the most scientifical, accurate thing you could possibly do in a game of toy soldiers. So yep. with me, I brought three of the best people who make entire careers and livelihoods out of... Well, maybe not careers and livelihoods, but uh, people who write content um, objectively and know a lot about Ninth Edition and where each faction lies. So, I think that's an accurate statement. I think so, too. Uh, so, uh, Chase and Adrian, uh, for those of you who may be listening to the show and we're not familiar with either of you, uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about where, briefly, how you started with 40K and uh, what you do specifically for Goonhammer and Tabletop Titans, respectively. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, hi, everybody. My name is Chase. I go by Gunnam on the internet. Uh, I write the uh, column called Hear Me Out, Kyle, where I work with one of my teammates from the Warhogs. Uh, we're an ITC team that's been around for a minute. Uh, I've been playing competitive 40K since 2014. Uh, uh, my only claim to fame is being the last and best Demonkin player uh, in the world, <laughs> and that's all I got. <laughs> that's, that's what I got. <laughs> hey, guys, this is Adrian from Tabletop Titans. Um, I'm co-host and co-producer for our uh, YouTube channel. We cover everything from uh, competitive games, tactics. Uh, we do live streams every week, so check it out. Um, I started, gosh, I was probably, you know, as, as long as I could hold a model, uh, my dad my dad got me started. And then I started taking it way too seriously, and um, here we are, doing, doing streams and everything. Right on. Uh, and the reason why I brought these three lovely gentlemen uh, was because they do produce a lot of content, and um, I wanted to have a brought a array of people on the podcast for this episode to just talk about power ranking factions because let's be honest uh there's a lot of opinion there but that's also one of the things that people request the most of is um where where's my ranking where's my faction stand um in terms of power level you know uh what are the best factions what are the worst factions it's just i've always felt like power rankings is a good general indicator of where a community lies in terms of its competitiveness and its competitive community. Um, if you have people who provide consistent power rankings to members of the community um, in various forms, it doesn't have to be a specific format. Um, you've got a thriving competitive community. So I'm excited to talk about that. 
before we go on to the episode, some quick announcements. First, check out Peter the Falcon at the Falcon 40K on Twitch, uh, where he's going to be reading awesome, cool stuff today. He's dedicating uh, his episode to Jeff. They're going to talk about the one, the only Trajan, or, uh, oh my god, not Trajan, uh, Constantine Valdor, excuse me, the other hunk, Custodes bad boy that um, they're super obsessed with. And I, I know some Custodes players just immediately muted it, turned it off. I'm sorry. But Constantine Valdor, if you want to check that out, um, head on over to uh, Peter's Twitch, and I'll link that. Also, if you use, can still buy an Indominus box through FrontlineGaming.org, so go ahead and buy that as well. All right, let's talk power rankings. Now, we each came up with our own lists. And before we start talking about the worst factions going to the best factions, um, quick roundtable discussion. What was your kind of thought process and criteria for the factions as you made the list? What what were you looking for in a faction specifically for codexes? Um, you know, just uh, in general, what do you look for when you rank the factions? Skari? Um, blue. blue. Wait, Wait, that wasn't the question. Um, so the way that I looked at the power rankings is uh, having played a few competitive missions already and gone to uh, a tournament um, or two uh, using the new like the new point levels, everything, I really took a look at what I feel will have the tools to play to the missions and, act, and physically win games on the tabletop. So that's when looking at my power rankings, I was taking into, into account what I think will be useful when playing the game. Okay. Uh, Chase? Sure. Uh, what we did is, like I said, we, we have a depth of field here at Goonhammer, so what we did is reached out to the, the craft experts, or the experts in each kind of area, sent us a lot of different lists, and we started working through uh, faction changes uh, with the points, with the FAQ that came out almost immediately, and, and we used those to build our, FAQ, or build our um, faction listing. Okay. All right, and Adrian? Uh, so we've been playtesting a ton of games just to kind of figure out how the game actually plays in, in reality. And so looking at the armies, it was what armies are at the right price point, um, points-wise, and have the right tools to actually be able to play things like secondaries while not denying them. Uh, in particular, we looked at the can the codex overall function, or is it really like, can one particular build do this? Okay. Okay, uh, and then what what I did was was very simple. I looked at every codex in a vacuum and looked at each faction holistically and then compared them to where they were last edition and then just moved my power rankings up and down from there. Um, I, don't, I don't think that... I think for the most part, with the exception of a few winners and losers, which we'll definitely talk about, I think for the most part, every faction is going to stay roughly the same um, in terms of where it stands competitively. We're not getting big giant codex overhauls. Uh, we already had our psychic awakening books. So, um, the way I kind of looked at it was I, I watched a bunch of battle reports online and then I looked at their points, looked at the points of judgments, read a ton of Goonhammer articles, listened to every single Tabletop Titans video. Um, by the way, thank you guys for that. It's been helpful so much for, for my knowledge and preparation for this particular episode. Um, <laughs> no problem. Uh, and then just kind of ranked the factions based off of the those factions specifically, holistically, how they compared with each other. Um one thing I will note is that for anyone who's looking for specific supplement factions, uh, like White Scars, Inari, Iron Hands, uh, also Inquisition, Inquisition, even though I know they're not a supplement faction, um, I didn't include those in my list. Uh, I really kind of tried to stick with the main core Codex factions and uh, the quote-unquote big hitters, the ones that you would see a lot. 
Um, and then I also have one final criteria for my ranking, which was kind of like popularity, uh, where where they kind of stand, how often you're going to see them. Um, so when it came to like determining two factions um, in the rankings, and where I couldn't decide, you know, who went over the other, I just went with the more popular faction, right? So uh, in this case, like Gene Steeler Colt, who are already not a very popular faction, would have pretty much a leg down on every single faction if they're tied. Um, so that's it. Um, I think we'll just, uh, go ahead and jump right into it with the, the lowest worst faction that everyone has. Um, let me just go ahead and pull up my uh, notes real quick. So for, uh, Chase and myself and Adrian, uh, we all put this faction at the very, very bottom. Um, and I, I think, is it safe to say that this faction would have been at the bottom last edition too, or at the end of last edition? Pretty close. <laughs> Pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, this is uh, unfortunately Gene Steeler Colt. Uh, I I really don't have much else to say. GW nerfed him to the ground. Uh, is there anything you guys want to add here? Or is it pretty justified? I think competitively, you rarely see them by themselves anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackal's got a buff in their FAQ. I guess that's something. So I actually have them rated uh, closer to the mid tier. Be honest. Oh, um, I saw. Okay, my bad. Yep, I yep. saw the. No, yep. no worries. So they're they're obviously taking some huge, huge hits. They're not happy at all. Um, but they can play the mission in weird ways using units that were terrible before. Things that you probably don't even own. So I'm definitely not going to say they're the best or even close to the best. <laughs> but I think they're better than than they get credit for. Okay, that's fair. I would uh, I would agree with you there. I think they have tools for the thing. However, I feel they supplement uh, Tyranids and Tyranid supplement them rather than just playing monofaction more than by themselves. And then, just curious, Adrian, who do you have as the worst faction? I have Imperial Knights. They just can't play the missions. They are they, they're, they're almost as bad as, as Chaos Knights, but they just can't do anything. They got hit by a number of different things in the new edition, and they're re- they have a really tough time uh, you know, playing Knight. Don't you have a beautiful Knight army? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> knights and chaos knights i love I them think... i'll still play them with friends but uh they're not going to see tournaments anytime soon i think there's a little bias con- cure adrian uh <laughs> 40k players tend to undervalue their factions that's so true <laughs> uh anyways uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next one um this one for me was orcs uh chase you had necrons we have necrons for there yep. yeah <clears throat> yeah and then um uh adrian you knights you kind of doubled down on the knights so yep um Let's just go to you, Chase. So wh- why do you think Necrons are, are... Why do you all think that Necrons are currently uh, at the bottom here? Right now, it had a lot to do with what's not out yet and what we're looking at currently. With with the changes in ninth, uh, the smaller board and everything, we, we feel that they're are going to have a hard time with things that are going to be happening. But honestly, it's, it's really hard to rate them too harshly right now, especially with the Indominus box coming out and all the new content they have coming. But what, what they have currently, we just felt that was the perfect spot for them right now. That's fair. Uh, I, I will I will admit that where I had Necrons ranked, it was um, kind of influenced by where I think they're going to be in like a few months. Um, so um, I think, but I think right now, if you were to have a tournament between the four of us, uh, I don't think any of us would be necessarily <laughs> rushing to run Necrons. Um, so I think that's a pretty fair ranking to put them that low. Um, 
let's go ahead and move on to the next faction. Uh, this is a faction that I saw uh, each of us... Well, actually, no, Adrian Adrian has them uh, pretty high up his list as well. Um, so the next faction is uh, Tyranids for Chase, and then for myself is Death Watch. Um, these are two factions that I've seen consistently at the bottom. Um, Adrian has Chaos Demons. Uh, so let's go ahead and start with Adrian this time. Uh, why do you see Chaos Demons um, so low uh, when I think... I don't. I don't want to say a lot of people are highly valuing them, but I haven't mm-hmm. seen them this low f- from almost anyone. Hmm, fascinating. So, Chaos Demons took a lot of hits in Ninth Edition. Um, they first of all really, really wanted to soup. They functioned best sort of bringing in other things from CSM or you know whatever it might be. Um, they got hit big by things like Blast. Right, anything short of uh, of Plague Bear, big big squads can't really tank it. Um, they the Monozinch builds got hit by um, the um, abhor the witch secondaries. There's lots and lots of reasons. Um, again, I think this is one of those factions that you could find a couple specific builds that could work well. But as a faction overall, they're they're lacking a lot of the tools that you actually want in in ninth edition. Um, and they have almost no shooting in edition that really does have quite a lot of shooting in it. Hmm. Okay. Um, what do you uh, what do you think of the? Um, actually, we'll talk about it later. Uh, so Chase. You you guys picked Tyranids for yeah for the yeah bottom. we picked Tyranids uh, and this is almost purely because of the amount of cost increases they had uh, from Gene Stealers to War Gear. I mean their War Gear went up almost forty percent across the board, and so when we're looking at how badly they were damaged by these increases in prices, uh, we think that a lot of their fundamental solo lists change, and that makes a big deal. Okay. Um. Uh, and then I finally, I had uh, Death Watch down there in the bottom five. Uh, I just, I think that the meta is already, uh, people are going to be gunning for power armor bodies, power armor equivalents. Um, and I just don't see uh, Death Watch gaining a lot uh, to, to warrant getting out of the bottom five. Um, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. So uh, moving on to the next ranking, uh, Chase, uh, why don't you tell us about the 21st worst faction? on your list yeah sure so my 21st uh, worst faction is death watch and it's for the exact reasons that you just talked about they just aren't up to snuff with everything else they have uh, to compete against especially in the power armor area uh, death watch have some really cool tools of course but when it comes right down to it if you're playing a space marine army you should be looking at something else right on and then adrian why don't you talk about our uh what well, your 21st worst faction uh, so my 21st worst is Necrons, uh, for pretty much all the reasons uh, that, were, that were discussed. I will say, again, this was one that I almost didn't put in because I think we're going to see some fundamental changes. And if the rules from the Indominates box are any indication, GW is looking at ways to fix them. Things like the Warden falling back and shooting will be are already great, but it's just not enough until we get a bunch more stuff that, that's on the, that same level. They just uh, can't do it. I'll I'll will be completely honest. Necrons, Deathwatch, totally forgot to put them on my list. Why? Because I rarely see them at competitive <laughs> events anyway. Oh no, <laughs> that that is true. Um, uh, Necrons had the uh, the fun um, reputation of being the one trick pony that you saw, but only every once in a while. Um, so. Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and move on to uh, the 20th, rounding out the top or the bottom five. Uh, for me, it was Chaos Knights. Um, pretty much for the same reasons Adrian talked about. Uh, I actually kind of like where the Direction Knights are heading. Um, the thing about 
the thing about knights is I read somewhere online. Um, I I don't know if it was a Goonhammer article or if it was if it was some like random Facebook comment, but someone said something about knights that really kind of resonated with me that held true throughout multiple editions. And that's every time we've had uh, either a big edition change or a big meta change, um, knights have always kind of been people's crutch go-to since they started, right? So in 6th edition, we had the Adamantine Lance. When we barely started getting formations going, the Adamantine Lance kind of just showed up and destroyed people for a few months before we kind of got a feel for how to deal with knights. Uh, and the same thing in 8th uh, edition, from the 7th to 8th edition um, movement, knights were really strong right at the beginning, not only because they were really point-sufficient, but also because people were learning the new edition. Um, so... I think knights are probably a sleeper mid mid pick. They're not like a sleeper top ten pick, um, but uh, chaos knights uh, just don't look as great as the imperial knight version. Um, so that's why I have them at this position. Uh, Adrian, what's your twentieth ranked? I'm looking at tyranids. So you know we're all in the same ballpark at this point. Um, the tyranids again. The points increases hurt a lot. Uh, do I think they have units that can play this edition uh, well? Absolutely. Uh, the points the points really hurt. Let's be honest. Okay. Uh, Chase? So for ours, it is Drukhari uh, rounding out the bottom. Uh, they had some major point increases uh, with Cabalite Warriors going up 50%. And the, the, the things that make this army go is a lot of MSU feels and a lot of things that we want to do there. And we just, just feel that the cost increases hurt a lot of the, once again, monoliths that, that really make this faction stand out. All right. Uh, let's move into the sixth worst faction. So out of the top five worst uh, and into the best of the worst. Uh, and so, Chase, I want to go back to you immediately. Um, what did Gunammer pick for the sixth worst faction? Yeah, going into this, uh, we have Orcs. Uh, we still think Orcs are probably in a good spot. Uh, really depends, obviously, with things like the blast changes. There's things to be worried about with a lot of our core builds. Plus, the increase on Grotz is a big thing that we're worried about. Um, but we think Flood in the board with Boys and Commandos will probably still really overwhelm people. Uh, but we can't bump... We just don't feel like bob bumping them down to the worst of the worst wasn't a fitting place with the point increases. We still think the play style fits with what you want to do in ninth edition. Okay. Um, I, I put Necrons in 6th. I felt like they didn't quite deserve a bottom 5 list, but they still deserve to be pretty low there. Um, don't need to explain that. Uh, Adrian... Your sixth worst faction is actually goes against Goonhammer and my ranking, and uh, I believe also Skari put them in his top ten, although I might be incorrect. Uh, Thousand Sons? Yeah, so Thousand Sons are really an army that we've seen splashed in many cases, um, and then the thing is, again, they have some great things. I love, you know, the uh, the Scarab Terminators are great, they have some great casters, they have good tools, um, but... As far as building an overall cohesive force, especially as we begin to see the uh, big increases on things like Forge World units, which is what I would immediately look to if I was to make a pure Thousand Suns force uh, in Ninth Edition, uh, we just don't think it has the tools to to function as well as some of these others. Okay. Uh, Chase, what do you think about Thousand Suns being uh, this low for Adrian's rankings? Well, uh, right now we think, you know, Thousand Suns are going to be... Uh a great i don't know they have a lot of they have a deep deep toolkit that we think can really be explored a lot more in going into ninth ed and so he, he has a really good point with the forge world stuff though i mean that's that's huge and we won't really know what that looks like until that comes out um but our, our thousand sons are a little higher than that 
<laughs> I definitely um, have uh, the Chaos Knights in that sort of general area. You know, they're they're not as good as the Imperial Knights, but I don't think they're at the bottom of the pack. I think uh, you know, as people's armies got more expensive, their um, ability to field anti-tank weaponry in mass has gone down, and uh, that always benefits knights when they just you know have less targets that can shoot them back or kill them. All right. So uh, next up, uh, I'm going to just real quick, I accidentally skipped my 21st worst faction. I just put Space Wolves down there. Um, that is relevant because um, Adrian's next on 18th is Space Wolves. Uh, so this is your first Space Marine um, army here, Adrian, mm-hmm. um, which looking at some of our other factions um, makes it means that you think Marines are a lot better than what Goonhammer, I think, uh, what, what's your kind of rationale for both putting Space Wolves as the worst Space Marine faction, um, but also uh, being so high on Space Marines? Yeah, that's a fair, that's a fair point. Um, I think they do compete with, for Death Watch for one of the, for the worst Space Marines, to be honest. Um, they have things that they're definitely happy about, you know, playing the mid board, they have great troops um, to go in Razorbacks, things like that. Um, but they're really, they're quite fragile and they're quite an expensive, expensive elite army. You know, Wolfen and uh, Thunderwolves, unfortunately, only went up. Um, and so while it's great that we're not going to have kind of spamming of Wolfen, um, those were kind of their most viable units. Uh, and that's that's a that's a big hit. Um, they do have utility, so they're happy to have the, nuke, the command points. Um, but the truth is you can get that before with them. So our biggest concern is the cost of unit versus the durability of them. Uh, you you can't just punch someone in the teeth in ninth edition; it doesn't carry through. Okay, uh, Chase, what do you have? What faction do you have ranked next? We have Chaos Demons next, and now for us, Chaos Demons we had a lot of discussion about because uh, there's a lot of different ways you can play them. Uh, we were actually thinking about putting them into a loser spot, and then we decided to put them in a winner spot, and since there was so much contest, we put it way kind of down here at the bottom. Uh, right now, seeing that the non-Zinch troops stayed pretty cheap, actually, and the greater demons weren't really hit that high for cost, uh, we didn't think that they were that poorly hit. Uh, the only big loss we thought was the loss of the Supreme Command Detachment. I think mm-hmm. that changes a lot of what people wanted to do with Chaos Demons. Yeah, I actually had uh, Chaos Demons ranked at 18th as well. Um, and I actually, I had them ranked a lot higher. They were almost in the top 10. And then I just kept kind of slowly putting more factions in front of them. And then I just kind of re-looked at them and thought, I, I don't know I don't know what we're going to get out of Chaos Demons. I think you're 100% correct. The Supreme Command Detachment lost, uh, hurts them. Um, they were already kind of a CP, like you needed to maximize their amount of command points by running a maximum amount of battalions and, and detachments that you could. Um, and they, they lost, they kind of lost that ability. I'm interested to see what kind of monster match lists we see out of uh, Chaos Demons. Um, so that's why I didn't rank them in the bottom five, because I think that we're going to end up seeing some sort of weird concoction of a one or two, especially the Slanesh Greater Demon. Um, just really good greater demon lists um and they still have okay troop choices they don't have the worst troop choices in the world um but, but uh they are they're definitely not in the best spot as an overall codex you might see like maybe a one trick or two trick kind of deal with those with those chaos demon lists all right so next up uh, i have at number 17 i have dark eldar um dark eldar were another one of those factions that i had a lot higher um, but then I re kind of looked at their points, um, and I'm so I'm kind of torn here, right? So Scar might be able to help me out. Um, 
I would put Dark Elder a lot higher if I thought that they could put together a like similar list to like the Venom spam list that you saw, like a list that just doesn't get taken off the table at all. Um, but then I saw the increases to like Venoms and Cabalite Warriors, and I, so I don't know. Uh, Scary, do you think that Dark Eldar are in a bad spot right now, or do you think something like a Venom spam list or kind of like a Monster Mash list might actually see some play? I after playing. A couple of tournaments, Dark Eldar still have elements that help you play to the mission. Uh, it doesn't mean that you won't have bad matchups or matchups that will be hard. You know, something like an army of custodies is, you know, historically something tough to deal with with Drukari. Uh, so, but I think that you can, there's there's certain lists, but it'll be hamstrung to either like, you know, a bunch of coven units that are very durable or, you know, multiple MSU that can just swarm the objectives and hope to outlast their opponent over five turns um uh, uh adrian and chase um what were your 17th ranked list factions so i'm looking at gsc as 17th um again definitely uh, not in the loser category completely not the bottom bottom um you know that again ninth edition is in a, is in a game about board control fundamentally and GSC is actually a faction fundamentally about movement and board control, right? In eighth, in eighth edition, in ITC in particular, they were forced to play this game by having to pop out, get these kills, things like that. That's all gone, right? So they still have all the tricks to get around, score those secondaries. They can get table. They don't really care, right? First turn, Alpha Strike's basically removed. They didn't want to do anything first turn originally. Um, and, you know, they have, like, Ridge Runners are still criminally undercosted. And they also, um, with Brood Brothers, can bring in one of the factions that benefits the most from the new tank rules, which is Imperial Guard. So I think they actually have a lot to be excited about. Um, unfortunately, I love Aberrants as much as the next GSC player, but uh, if not Aberrants, it's a, there's a lot of other stuff in the book, turns out. Uh, yeah, right on. Um, Chase, where, where does Goonhammer lie? We have Chaos Knights right here. Uh, <laughs> We only see really one big build for knights right now, uh, especially with how the game is going right now. Uh, and that's four Questorus knights. Uh, mm -hmm. We think that build is very powerful uh, and applies to Chaos Knights really well. Um, obviously, like he's kind of saying, in ninth, you really want to play to objectives, and knights are notorious for not being able to really do that. Uh, but that's we have Chaos Knights here right now. Mm. What, one thing uh, I kind of like about, as a quick aside, um, I really want to see how how it works out i know it's only one mission but the first mission um which is the one that lets you scour objectives uh in the munitorum field manual i believe that's mission number one i'm pretty sure um but anyways that mission just the fact that that mission alone exists makes me wonder if maybe low model count armies aren't as hamstrung as we think they are uh like knights um just a knight being able to run up suicide scour your opponent's objective and then like like laugh as they have one less objective to deal with and your knights are actually scoring more more objectives so holding more objectives feels like it might be good um i know we have nine missions to choose from so a full like lvo style tournament isn't going to repeat that mission however uh, maybe they won't maybe they'll just stick with six and maybe that'll be one of them uh mission one you know it's it's interesting. I, I don't quick little tangent i just i saw that mission and as a knight player i was like oh that's that's a mission I can I can actually win an objective based mission I can win. So, Anyways. the other thing with the with the GT pack is they made Titan Slayer less punishing. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to kill three knights now. Before it was just kill two knights, you max it out. So that was a little reprieve that they got. That ironically, like the non GT players will actually have a much harsher game for knights, which I thought was interesting. 
All right. Um, so uh, that was uh, 17th, Goonhammer 17th ranked. Um, actually, 16th ranked, right? I'm miscounting. Anyways, uh, Adrian, who do you have next up on your list? I have Tau. They're sitting kind of just south of the middle of the middle of the pack. Um, you know, again, obviously we have Brian. We talk about Tau all the time. Um, and everyone seems to be happier with the fact that they have Overwatch. Um, but again, the thing is, they need to be able to get out and score these secondaries. Uh, they have tools. They have, nobody wants to hear it, but things like Riptides are still great. You know, you can deny points by, um, while we stay and we fight, things like that. Um, but things like Shield Drones went up 50%, 10 to 15 points. That's huge. Uh, so they have a lot less protection than they used to have. And um, while, you know, things like Riptides and, and those big suits can still shoot in combat, Crisis Suit is, uh, they're, they're in a real tough spot. They they can't get tagged. They, they die super easy. There's less drones to protect them. So they're, they're really not happy, in our opinion. All right. Now, at this point, I think we're going to start seeing a trend in our rankings. And that's when we're going to start seeing the middle of the road Space Marine armies start creeping in, um, starting with Goonhammer's first one. Uh, which is Space Wolves at 16. It is Space Wolves. Uh, right now, we have them like, pretty much in the middle because not a lot changed with them. Uh, one of the big lists right now was that foreign pulsar list that was driving around, making a lot of things happen. With the point increases, that's going to change a lot, probably down to two. Uh, but most builds that we see for them are all pretty much going to be the same. It's still going to be Ragnar jumping in, doing Seeking of a Saga, trying to delete stuff. And that's what we're looking at, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, my 16th are Blood Angels. Um, I have them ranked significantly higher above Space Wolves and Death Watch, a whole six spaces higher. Um, and I, I really like Blood Angels. Uh, I think that White Scars and Raven Guard, to mostly an extent, just do their kind of thing a lot better. Um, so I think if you were a Blood Angels player, you'd be picking them up specifically um, for the Sanguinary Guard, um, which didn't get hit that hard. Um, in my opinion, um, but overall, I, I think that they're still they're still a lower tier faction and one of the lower tier Space Marine factions. Uh, all right, um, so let's go ahead and move into fifteenth place, uh, starting with Goonhammer. What, what do you have after Space Wolves? All right, so this was my personal point of contention, as a lot of the fans of our Goonhammer people know. Uh, I write for this faction. This is Dark Angels. Dark Angels, right here. Uh, we think uh, that this, once again, they are in a really good spot right now. They had some really good point decreases uh, going into the FAQ. We were feeling really good. But once the FAQ got released, Dark Angels kind of, in my opinion, shot up into the great tier. Um, right now, we think they, they're doing really good. Uh, Plasma Inceptors got cheaper. And there's just a lot of awesome stuff going on with them. Um, but once again, they, they just don't have all the tools that they need to really being that A tier. Uh, but Dark Angels is for us right Real-time moment, Chase. Real-time moment. Yes or no, Super Talon Master Sniper. Go. Yes. Absolutely yes. Talon Masters got like 15% cheaper too, which is amazing. I can't believe that happened. <laughs> hmm. Um... All right. Uh, <laughs> next up um, is uh, for me, I guess up is fifteen uh, places Tyranids. Um, so I noticed that the two actually real quick, Scar. Where would you put Tyranids if you had a bottom half of your list? In the bottom half by themselves. Uh, the I feel. I themselves. feel the thing is, look, why the when I did the rankings, I did like a top ten, but I put multiple 
uh, factions in sort of like the same sort of level. And we'll get to that when we get to the top 10. But, um, you know, Tyranids would definitely by themselves be in the, the lower end of the rankings. Hmm. Okay, so I've got rankings, at, uh, I've got Tyranids ranked at 15th, um, top of the bottom 10. Um, and I actually almost considered putting them higher. I had to bump them down a little bit. Um, let me explain why, because I know there's a lot of Tyranid players who are gnashing their teeth, um, saying that their their faction belongs in the bottom five, and you know, they probably are right. Um, they got they didn't get a large points increase compared to other factions. They did get a points increase like everyone else. Um, their big claim to fame was not getting anything to help them necessarily in ninth edition, and so th- I feel like the community in general just kind of shuffled them over from. 8th edition and 9th edition kind of kept them where their power level is. The thing is, is I, in my opinion, ninth, uh, Tyranids were a bit of an underrated faction going into the tail end of 8th edition. Uh, they had a lot of tools that they needed to beat Space Marines. They do really well, um, I think, against Admech um, in 8th edition. Maybe not with the new uh, Raiders, um, the Cerberus Raiders, uh, who could snipe their characters. Um, but... I feel like there's a very specific brand of Tyranid list that every Tyranid player has kind of like grown accustomed to trying to run. Um, and they have so many random rules and tools that I don't think everyone's using, right? So they still have some of the fastest hard-hitting troops in like Gene Stealer, Gene Stealers. Uh, they still have Hiveguard. They still have the um, the plasma, the big plasma dude who got buffed in 8th edition. Exocrine? Exocrine. Thank you. Um, so the Exocrine. And then Zone Thropes are still really, really good. Uh, they didn't get that much of a points increase, and you can still run a ton of them. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm a little higher on Tyranids than everyone else. I, I think that they're getting a bit of a bad rep. Uh, but I am also traumatized by specific Tyranid models, and I have been for my entire life. So, like, I'm like the guy who lost Gilliman to, like, it's 20 like a months. trip down memory and... lame here, Pablo. It's, oh, yeah, you got oh, the mm. Malice Scepter, the <laughs> Tyranid Gaunts. Uh, my first ever fight against Tyranids was Calgar <laughs> charging the Swarm Lord. This is the beginning of uh, my 40k career. Calgar just got destroyed by the Swarm Lord. Um, all I remember... I didn't know Eternal War. The... I, did, I didn't know... <laughs> all I remember listening to that at podcast was Chapter Tactics, where you learn how to play... The, the game competitively at all levels of the game. And Pablo goes, yeah, so I lost and I dropped out of the tournament. And I'm like, yes. That was so funny. Yes, this is, <laughs> Here it is. This is um, such an example for the average gamer, Pablo. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, I think I think Tyranids, they, they do hordes really well still, even though hordes did get nerfed. Um, the points increases to, I think, Gaunt's. I think Gaunt's got uh, increased by one point. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, nope, that's correct. Okay, yeah. So, um, I I think that hurts. Um, but I'm just I'm waiting to see like a John Lennon or someone go in with Tyranids and just do really well with them. Uh, so then we also have Tyranid Astro Militarum Gene Sir Cult lists hybrid lists, which um I, I think will do pretty well. But we'll we'll see. So, anyways, um, moving on to number fourteen. Uh, did we skip anyone? Oh yeah, I got my fifteen. Oh, okay, Adrian, go ahead. Um, we have Grey Knights there. Uh, oh, Grey Knights. So they're always Shocker. a weird army. I know, right? They're they're right in the middle. They they were hurt by things like magic boxes going away for the big Paladin bomb that you know everyone Lawrence was running, and that was a great list. But it really relied on some rules that literally don't exist anymore. Having said that, of course, I think with good players, this this 
this army could be higher, especially as we go through the edition. There's probably things we're not seeing. And, you know, conversely, I think with people who aren't as experienced, it's probably going to be a lot lower. It's definitely going to be a finesse thing. Okay. Uh, so, you, so you think because they're a finesse army, um, players who pick them will probably... Do you think maybe they'll have, like, one or two really good players? Like like the Gene Cir- like where Gene Circle or Harlequins were, like, a year ago? Where you had, like, a couple really good players who could really do well with them, and then just a ton of people just bombing with them? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're going to be very punishing, right? We have things like Abhor the Witch, which uh, is just free victory points against that army. Um, and they have a lot of elite things that require well they want lots of buffs right so managing all these different things knowing when to use the the movement um, elements of the army rather than just the the pure kill aspects um, which again was a bit more to get a bit easier to get away with in 8th edition itc um, i think mastering that is not such an easy skill the fact that the game has gone to five turns as well uh you know great knights love to just hide and then come back and win it Mm -hmm. late game uh, and not have given up many points to their opponent. You know, at least that's, you know, skilled uh, Grey Knight players I saw doing that. The game is shorter. The table is smaller. You you have to be out there getting points and standing on objectives and doing things from the beginning of the game. And right. and that means that they're going to have to, you know, their low model count's going to come into play a lot more than it did before. All right. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go... Back to Adrian to your fourteenth rank faction. Um, when I was going through your list, uh, this was the part of your list that struck out to me the most. I like, visibly did the the meme Dexter like blinking his eyes wide <laughs> deal. Um, so you have Death Watch ranked at fourteenth over Grey Knights. Yeah, I don't know if they would uh, rightfully be quite that high. This was, uh, Bridger and I were having some discussions uh, last minute before we came on. Okay. Um, you know, having said that, kind of from the things that we discussed, uh, hey, they're still Space Marines. Um, they adapt well to different scenarios. I think something that hasn't come up too much is you're going to have to have everything on your sheet when you go to a tournament, right? You can't tailor your list, right? So this hurts Chaos Knights a lot, but helps things like Death Watch that can actually do this legally during the game. Um, and so... You know, again, there's still Marines at the end of the day. I think there's kind of like things like the Grey Knights and the Tyranids. There are builds that people are going to be stuck with. They're like, well, this is how I play Death Watch. But I do think that they have the tools to not play as such an elite army to play this sort of tactical list that is interesting. Okay. Um, um, Sorry to to interrupt. I just really need to say that one of the most subtle changes that affects Death Watch is the changes to allallocating attacks. In the, in yes. The, basically, in the shooting in close combat phase, whereas before, based on what wound came through, you could put it on a Terminator, you could put it on the Storm mm-hmm. Shield. Now you basically have to pick one or the other and take saves on that model until it either dies or the phase is over. So, absolutely. So how seventh edition was. Yeah, exactly. Well, so that that'll be interesting to see. They haven't. They haven't really comment on this whole storm shield thing right does it apply to the old storm shields things like this if it does end up applying to you know everything every all space marines then that would kind of come in line with this where you're saying well i'm going to tank it on the storm shield and it still makes sense because it also gets plus one armor or whatever um i don't think that's the case but i was thinking that would be an interesting way of sort of bringing it back but as it is yeah it's that was a huge thing right how do you throw these wounds in different spots um so i'm curious to see how that ends up panning out uh, okay, um, so we're, we're going to do my 14th rank real quick and then round up with Goonhammer. Um, so from my 14th, uh, I have Dark Angels, and this is 
where I, I've to this point after Dark Angels, we don't have any Space Marine rankings until Space Marines. Um, and you can probably guess where I have them in my rankings. Um, so I actually think Dark Angels are the best faction of the rest, um, because they have the most potential. So for the longest time, uh, Dark Angels were pretty bad. Uh, they, they were kind of, their identity felt a little awkward. Their best units were extremely overpriced. Um, the, the thing they did was always done better by other factions. Um, but they, from my understanding, their Talon Master got a lot better. Uh, from what I've seen so far. So um, much better. Yeah, their, their Talon Master is really good. They're still Space Marines. Um, they have, in my opinion, officially the best allies in the game um in imperium just in general admech basically solidified that um and i just think that they have a lot of tools that they need basically just because the talent master <laughs> the talent master is carrying that they've been the talent master has been carrying that book since the beginning of eighth edition um but they have they have tools they have everything they need now they got the space marine treatment um so at this point, when you're talking about everything other than the normal Space Marine Codex, I feel like you're almost splitting hairs. Like, you're just trying to decide, do I want Mephiston, or do I want a Talon Master? Do I want a, a Space Wolves badass beatstick character, or do I want a Talon Master? Um, do I want a Paladin Bomb, or do I want a Talon Talon? I, I, I feel like I would pick the Talon Master over all of those. Um, but... Uh, I don't know if that's completely justifies their their placing. They might go. They might belong a little bit lower. Um, but that's that's kind of where I, why I have them as the best Space Marine faction, uh, other than Space Marines on my list. Uh, and then finally, uh, Chase, where where's Goonhammer? What who do you have at fourteenth? Yeah, sure. We have Blood Angels here. Uh, we think Blood Angels are actually in a pretty good place because of the game shortening. Uh, with that one less turn being there, we think that they're able to deploy a lot of those close combat resources they want, like Death Company or just like you said, Mephiston or even the you know the Slam Captains. Everybody running around making things happen. Having one more turn gives them more ammo to make things happen. Uh, they did have some big price increases, to be honest, uh, but we think that you know, uh, as far as the best of the worst comes by, uh, they're on the top of that pile there. Uh, I think Dark Angels are still better than them, but Blood Angels are just fine. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. Yeah, right on. I, I think... Um, I think that the Space Marine factions are all pretty pretty close, and then regular Space Marines are just so much better than all of them. So not much has changed from 8th to 9th edition. All right, uh, so let's go ahead and move on to the next kind of uh, part of the uh, rankings. For Goonhammer, this is the uh, perfectly fine ones. The probably, I'd imagine, not gatekeepers, but the you-could-be-competitive-with-a-lot-of-work kind of factions. Yeah, that's a great way of explaining it. These are the factions that we're going into that we feel are on the on the top end there, you know, breaking into something like cresting the hill almost, getting up okay. to where they need to be good. Uh, and for us, the first one there is uh, Chaos Space Marines. We're getting in there. 
Uh, we think there's some big builds that are really awesome right now. Uh, obviously, the Lord of Skull list is still like a huge deal. Uh, Demon Princes and stuff are still really, really good. Uh, and they also had a lot of like very subtle price changes. And we think they're they're a great you know army that can work well by itself, and it has access to cool allies, kind of like we talked about before. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Adrian, I noticed you also have Chaos Space Marines at 13. Yeah, that's right. Uh, definitely for the, all the reasons that Chase mentioned, um, I think they they still have a lot of diversity depending on what um, legion you want to go with. Um, but they are so happy about this idea of um, even like MSU, a midboard field, you know, obliterators could not be happier, uh, happier. A lot of these kind of things that would cause them to have to overextend in the longer boards uh, and even the longer games, that's all gone now. So they're they're super happy about that. Um, and some really, really interesting uh, points changes, like Ch uh, Chase mentioned. I think, you know, Forge Fiends with uh, Hades Auto Cannons, it's like Butcher Cannons are out, man. Hades Auto Cannons are in. Yeah. Uh, so um, I agree with you both. So my 13th faction was actually Imperial Knights, but my 12th faction was Chaos Space Marines. So we were all kind of in consens consensus. Um, the only reason why I have Chaos Space Marines higher than Imperial Knights is because I think. Chaos Space Marines can just flat out beat Imperial Knights. Uh, as an Imperial Knight player myself, um, I've always consistently run into pick X Budsaw, Lord Discordant, Possessed Bomb, Greater Demon, Magnus, like, you name it, a Chaos Space Marine player has killed my knights with it. Um, they're just designed so well to kill knights, and to, to just, like, all, I, I don't want to say hard counter, but it feels like that. Um, so, the reason why I have knights this high is I think that knights are going to be really good. Um, Chase, like you said, the four quest store build looks really solid. We don't know quite what we're going to get out of mission competitive 40k yet. Um, if we switch back to the ITC missions, um, I actually see knights getting even more better. Um, now, I'm not saying that that's, I'm not bringing, I'm not a harbinger of of luck here or decision making. I do not represent the ITC. That is just my personal opinion. Um, but right now, the way the internet's going, we don't know what's really going to happen. You know, um, a lot of people don't like the GW missions. That that much I think is true from my perspective, from what I've seen online. Um, the ITC missions are established. Uh, we might switch somewhere else. We might uh, turn into a fractured community again, where everyone goes completely in the other direction. Um, we have had all the major tournaments kind of come up and say, we're going to be running the GW Minotaur missions. So that's, that should theoretically just be set in stone. We're done. Um, but we also aren't going to have any tournaments until maybe the LVO, right? Uh, cause, uh, cause of COVID. So, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, Imperial Knights are kind of in a weird flux spot for me personally, where I don't know if they're going to get a lot better or if they're just going to fall down. Um, so that's kind of where I put them like right in the middle. Um, but on the Chaos Space Marines, Chaos Space Marines are, are, are good. They're not the best. Um, I think you two pretty much talked talked about it to death. Um, there's not much else I can add except that um, a lot of they did... Sorry, sorry. Uh, a lot of the, uh, the the decisions as well take into account the loss of the Vigilus attachments too. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to yep, get the... all these cool things like, you know, the Devastation Battery. That was one of like my favorites. Or, you know, the uh, the Possession one, which is what, you know, um, put Possessed Bomb was sort of like built around. Mm -hmm. I agree. And then the Faith and Fury book. Um, a lot of that, a lot of those options kind of got not taken away, but they got nerfed uh, because of the new detachment rules as well. So I think 
in the end of 8th edition, Chaos Space Marines would have been in the top 10. So I had to just drop them out of the top 10 because of those nerfs specifically. But they're still a pretty good faction. They're not terrible. Um, okay. Let's move to Adrian's 12th place faction. For me, in 12th place, I have Craftworld Eldar. Um, now, there's been a lot of chatter about them and how everything's expensive and they can't hold objectives, can't play the game, uh, which I think is largely unjust. I think, again, this is another faction that is a bit transformed. I think we're going to see the rise of Wave Serpents again. That's right. Uh, they're back. Uh, <laughs> Avengers are great, cheap troops, um, and they just have so much firepower. And, and again, uh, points reductions in unexpected places. You know, We're going to see things like Wraith Lords, which we saw a bit towards the end, um, especially with like Colin Sherman's list. Um, of 8th edition, but, you know, Warwalkers are great. They have tools. They have mobility. Um, they just, they're in a specific spot where they can't really play MSU as some people and as elite as some people. So it's going to be this kind of mid-range thing where I'm picturing, you know, Wave Serpents and things like that backed up by some awesome firepower. Um, things like the Fire Prism are super happy about the new obscuring rules because you can actually hide those things. And, uh, you know, guess what? Crimson Hunter X arcs are still amazing, so... <laughs> All right, and then, uh, Chase, where's Goodhammer lie on number 12? Sure, our number 12 is the Astra Militarum. Uh, now, we think they can play through the missions really, really well, but th- we also think they're hit really hard with these changes. Uh, they had a lot of price increases for things that we were a little worried about. Uh, their troops kind of went up an average of 26%, for example. Uh, but we think they can still really lay down the firepower, really hammer on people. Uh, shooting is going to be huge in 9th edition, and Astra Militarum just shoots the crap out of everybody. So, I mean, they're, they're in a really, really good spot being above a lot of other options. Uh, we think they'll fill their role really well. Okay. Uh, and then who do you have right after them? So 11th place. That is where we hit the Craft World Eldar for almost all the reasons Adrian was talking about. Uh, we think they're in a really <laughs> great spot. Uh, we think they were uh, hit hard again on points. There was some things that were changed, but Wave Serpents are going to be huge, and they are going to be able to play the mission really well. Uh, we're really excited to see what people can do with Craft Worlds. Okay, perfect. Uh, and then, um, Adrian, was where do you have 11th after... 11th, I have Dark Eldar, or Drakari, as the kids call them nowadays. Um, they, again, did seem, did see some big increases, which hurt uh, some of the more popular builds, like obviously Venom Spam, you know, Cobblites are criminally overcosted now. Um, but they still have tools, just like Skari was saying earlier. They have ways of dealing with things. A lot of the Haywire becomes interesting again. Disseys are still great. Um, and so, and hey, the patrol detachments actually might mean something, which is kind of cool. Uh, they have tools, they will have bad matchups, and we think we're going to see a lot of tanks and vehicles, uh, yeah, just vehicles in general in the meta, and so poison weapons are not in a great place. Um, so, again, they, they've taken some hits, but overall they like the missions, so I am personally just started my Dark Eldar, so I'm excited to see what I can come up with with that. Okay, um, now for my 11th place, we all picked an Eldar faction, uh, but we each picked a different Eldar faction for our 11th place. Uh, we had Eldar, Dark Eldar, and I put Harlequins. Now, looking at everyone's list and kind of just re-looking through what the community kind of thought about Harlequins, I feel like I missed something. Because <laughs> um, I feel like they're now a pretty low compared to where everyone else is putting them. Um, so instead of me explaining why I think they belong here in 11th place, because I think they were kind of just put here uh, just by circumstance, um, why why are they being ranked so high or valued so highly 
over all the other factions. Um, Scary. Well, um, in my top ten, they are number five, uh, together with Monster Mash Demons, which I'll get to when we get to that. However, um, they really didn't go up in a lot of points. Their Psychic Awakening release was excellent with a lot of really cool rules interactions and they really fit into the style of gameplay that i feel is going to be very strong in ninth edition which is a pin uh, a pin control support style where they can like pin you in place with fast moving jet bikes take the board with fast moving transports can kill tough armor with things like fusion pistols access to great psychic support, very, very speedy to get anyone on the table, and then have great support in, in you know, solitaires and death jesters and, you know, hay cannons. I just, all around, they're a fantastic army that didn't really change much in points. Like, only the jet bikes really went up. Hmm. Uh, Adrian Chase, do you both have anything else to add to that? I'll save mine for when we get to it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say something because I'm so excited about these guys. Um, exactly what Scarry said. They had an amazing Psychic Awakening. Just so many great tools that they needed. Um, now at the end of 8th edition, they still didn't have the command points to do that, really. Um, but now now they do. That's fantastic. They are happy about a ton of things in the new edition. They're so excited about the shorter, uh, less turns. Um, they were a, a faction that struggled to last through all six turns and largely didn't want to play the first turn. That was a number one mistake in Harlequin players is over committing too soon. Um, and uh, yeah, they have all these tools, great psychic, tons of mobility. Um, things did go up. Uh, I'm still running 18 bikes because they're so amazing. You know, when we did the Admech versus them match, everyone's like, oh, Admech's going to crush them. And we were able to kind of just see how they actually can really, really play these missions. And I'm just so excited about them. Okay. Now, uh, we're in the top 10. So we, we've gone through the weeds uh, into the dead fields. And now we're in the top 10. We're, we're hitting the creme de la creme. Uh, and this is also where Scari's rankings begin. Scari, I know you have two factions ranked for ninth, but I'm going to force you to pick one right now as better than the <laughs> other. So out of those two factions, Thank you. which one is 10th? Okay, so 10th would be Chaos. And then 10.8 or 9.8. Well, when be, we get to ninth, we'll talk, 9. About, we'll talk about that. Yeah, so. yeah. I wouldn't spoil it, so what's, of course. So what's 10th? Uh, what's Chaos Space Marines? So Chaos Space Marines, why, why are they 10th? I feel like it just out of all the other factions, they did lose a bit of flavor with the Vigilist attachment loss. I feel that um, they have to rely on souping still, which means that they'll have less command points than they probably were used to before in order to get the most out of their, their army. Uh, even though they have tools to do it with, I feel that... Uh, true, just straight up chaos space marines will struggle. Hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, Adrian, or I guess Chase, who do you have for 10th? Who's Goonhammer have for 10th place? Yeah, sure. So we have Imperial Knights bringing in 10th place. Uh, once again, we're talking about the four quester build. We think that's a huge deal. Uh, but we think the best things for the Imperial Knights was how badly a lot of their opponents got hit. A lot of the things that Imperial Knights had to worry about, like we're talking about with the uh, Vigilist attachments being removed from Chaos Space Marines, uh, we think that's a huge deal for Imperial Knight players. It makes you a lot more survivable, especially with Supreme Command changes, keeping you guys safe from uh, mortal wounds and smites and the like. Also, they had some price decreases. A lot of stuff went down for them. Uh, they might be really tough in some of the missions, but man, I, we think they came out with a lot of wins. Hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, for my 10th place faction, I had Sisters, uh, Adeptus Sororitas. Um, I actually thought I placed them a little low, and I wanted to place them higher. Um, but then I, I kind of thought maybe they didn't deserve to go higher. But then looking at everyone else's factions um, or rankings, uh, I think I probably could have gone up a little higher on them. The Sisters are just so good right now. Um, they were good in 8th edition. Uh, I played several games against um, other players uh, and then talked to Brandon Grant. Um, he's running he's uh, running them right now on Tabletop Simulator, playing a ton of games with them. Um, he's kind of winning me over slowly. Uh, they're just... The AP... They're such a good... Matt, they have such a good Space Marine matchup and such a good Admech matchup, uh, and they have all the tools to beat the other factions. Um, I don't think that they, I don't think that if you play Sisters, I don't think that you have a chance of just flat, flat out losing a game. Um, I don't think they have any hard counters. Um, and as a take all comers list, um, I like them. I like them a lot. They're very hoardy. They they stick very very hard with that AP one. Uh, chapter tactic that they have um they're just very 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 resilient um they can blender anything they have pretty good shooting um special shout out to the multi-melta sisters with the extra damage and range like i didn't realize how good they were but um they absolutely destroyed my centurions um when he bubbled me out in eighth like twice i was like this is they're really good um so uh I like Sisters. I like where they're at. I'm probably going to try to run them in Ninth Edition. I'm looking at Sisters Army. Um, and the other cool thing I like about them is that you, there's a variety of ways you can build them, but every way you build them is is still like good. So the they're the easiest army to, in my opinion, fit and tailor to your playstyle, um, as opposed to like Necron's Last Edition, where you kind of just had to run one list and that was the list. Um, so I really like Sisters. Um, I, I think they're great. I think they're good. They're an easy top 10 faction. They could probably be ranked a little higher. Okay. Uh, Adrian, who is your 10th ranked faction? And then lead us into the, the 9th ranked faction after that. <laughs> Sounds good. So in uh, 10th place, I have Astra Militarum. Um, everything that was mentioned before is, is very valid about them. They, they they play a lot of the parts of the game really well, right? They, they can do the objectives. They can kill things. They can hold parts of the board. They have some of the cheapest and best transports and troops. You know, uh, double-moving... Double uh, Guardsmen is amazing. Chimeras are back on the board, which is always exciting. Um, they benefit from so many of the fundamental changes in 9th edition, right? Tanks not suffering move and shoot penalties, tank shooting in combat, so you can now be um, screening your tanks with Punisher tanks and things like that. Um, and they have tons of blasts. They have probably more blast weapons than any other faction. So they're really happy. Um, the only reason that they're in 10th place and not higher is they do suffer from hard counters, right? Um, again, because we do think that that tanks and things like this are going to be great. People are going to be teching to be able to kill them. And this is a faction that can have a ton of tanks without any invulnerable saves. So there will be some really tough matchups uh, in regards to that. Okay, uh, take us into the ninth ranked faction. You're looking ninth. at ninth. I said, I'm going to say it. I'm going to defend it because this is my favorite faction is orcs. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm going to do it, Pablo. So... They have taken some big hits, obviously, in points, right? Uh, especially in the, kind of the traditional style of playing orcs, which is lots of boys, lots of grots. Um, but they still have lots of tools. They are also a very deep codex that can play different parts of the mission. Um, earlier, you know, things like commandos were mentioned. Um, and so I think there's lots of ways we can sort of pivot and actually use these other things that weren't as great. Mech guns are still ultimately very well costed for what they do. Um, and so... Do I think orcs are going to look different in 9th edition than 8th edition? Absolutely. Um, do I think they're out of the running? Absolutely not. I just think they're going to take some some new builds that people um, haven't really been playing with yet. 
Uh, I just hope, Adrian, that you know that somewhere, multiple Orc players are glaring at you right now. They're walling <laughs> silently. They should be walling. That's with right. With their stompa <laughs> on their laps, staring at you. Hey, man, I'll, I'll sign your uh, stompa petition anytime. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, Skari, uh, who do you have for ninth? Who's the other faction? Okay, well, this is a three-way tie, Pablo, because you forced the tenth to go down here. But I would have put, um, <laughs> I would have put, uh, uh, Sisters of Battle in ninth, together with now Chaos Space Marines, which, uh, sorry, with, uh, Eldari, like Craftworld Eldar, which were, uh, in my, my tied for tenth, actually. And Drukari, because I do think that, uh, played well, they still have the tools to win missions. If you had to choose one of them to be in eighth place, who would you pick? Uh, Drukari, of course. Okay, so Sisters and Eldar are tied for ninth place. Got it. We got there. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Chase, who do you have as your ninth best faction? Or so ninth, uh, we have Tau in ninth place. Um, there is a lot of things that fundamentally are going to have to change, we think, for Tau players, especially with shield drones getting really expensive. Uh, but we think being the the Overwatch faction is still going to be a really big deal. Uh, also, like, gun drones got a lot cheaper, which is really exciting, and we think there's going to be a lot of different builds people are going to start looking at with all the changes that have happened. I know uh, we brought up Tau a little bit earlier and some of the, the you know kind of scary things that happened with battle suits and stuff, but we think with uh, their expansion on the uh, far side enclaves that battle suits are still going to be pretty good. Uh, and so there's a lot of things they can do in the mission too that's going to be great. So we, we put Tau on ninth. Okay. Uh, we had, I, I had Astro Militarum as ninth, uh, pretty much for all the reasons I mentioned above. Uh, I just think that, that if you were going to start a 40k faction, Astro Militarum are still a really solid faction. They'll have a lot of good builds. You'll be able to do, um, be, I think Astro Militarum are always going to be the kind of faction that is never going to fall below the top, the, you know, out of, out of the top 20, I guess. Um, they're just a really good, well-rounded faction. Um, and I, I, I just couldn't justify taking them out of the top 10. Um, I think we're still going to see some good plays out of them. All right, uh, let's go to eighth now. So, um, we'll start with Adrian. Adrian, who do you? Who's your eighth ranked faction after Orcs? Okay, so I won't spoil it, but this is sort of swappable with my seventh. Um, so I have Blood Angels. Uh, Blood Angels are happy again <laughs> for the reasons that were mentioned. They're happy about smaller boards, shorter games. They have a ton of maneuverability. Again, this is what the game's about now. Um, they can hit super hard, but they also, you know, think with things like the banner, do actually have the durability to back it up. This is something that many armies can punch, but not all of them can actually stay on points and things like that. Uh, not to mention things like jump infantry become super important. Those longer charges are really important now that you can't do speculative charging, right? Anything you ch declare a charge against, you have to reach. So it's not necessarily like, oh, let's drop out a deep strike, do this crazy 3d6 charge. You might be getting into posi position sooner and then using it simply so you can actually jump over screens and things like that more reliably because most armies just, they can't. Um, and uh, honestly, those new units are looking pretty tasty with that uh, plus one to wound doctrine, assault intercessors, and the bikes are just bananas as blood angels. Hmm. Okay, uh, Skari, what about your mixed quadruple tie? Well, for it's eighth? only quadruple tie because it's a top ten here. Okay, <laughs> there are twenty-four <laughs> factions that we're talking about, Pablo. Um, <laughs> so I'd have to go for. Uh, to be honest, it was. You know, Sisters of Battle Drukari were like, you know, up there together. And but so I'll talk a little bit more about the Sisters of Battle. I really feel that they do durability well, they do moving well, 
they do support well, and they do just, like, killing things well. They have, like, a bit of everything, and that's why they, they'll be up there as well. Okay. Um, Chase, where's Goonhammer Lion 8th? Uh, we also have Sisters of Battle there, uh, so go Scarry, good calls. Uh, we think that they are uh, just able to do pretty much everything, just like he was talking about. Uh, we think Valor and Heart really, really becomes awesome. Uh, adding that almost indestructibility to their units, making it safe to dig out everybody is really going to be good. Uh, and also, like, character changes were pretty generous for them. Uh, so we, we think Sisters are going to be really, really, really great army for people. Yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement about Sisters. So for me, I had at 8th place, I had Thousand Sons. So... I won't go into too much detail. Um, we everyone all are, are, are much, pretty much talked about Thousand Sons. The only thing I'll add to all of that is I think that there's they're probably the second best Chaos faction. There's one Chaos faction which which is de- the definite. No, I don't know about the definite zero to hero, but they're one of the the most improved factions. Um, and I'm sure everyone knows by process of elimination which one we're talking about. Uh, but I really liked where Thousand Sons were in 8th edition. I liked that their place was always kind of like a secret OP gatekeeper. Uh, they had really good players playing them. They had really solid lists. They had the ability to kind of... Uh, they were a little one-tricky, but they always had the ability to beat any list on any given day. Um, and I don't think any of that changed. Their Demon Princes are still fine. They still have really durable troop choices. They The uh, Scarab Occult Terminators... Um, Got hurt a little bit, but uh, I, I still think you run 10 of them, at least, in every Thousand Sun squad. And then you you have access to pretty okay allies, um, if you depending on what kind of style you need. Um, and then Magnus didn't get much of a points hike at all. Um, and Magnus, I think, is um, really, really good. So overall, I like where Thousand Suns are. I like that maybe we'll probably just start to see more pure Thousand Suns lists. Um, but they are just one like almost across the board worse than the next chaos space marine faction which we'll talk about who i think is in all of our top fives um and then uh i think that's it for eighth right we got everyone let's go to seventh uh so for me i had eldar um i agree with everyone that what we said about eldar in the past except uh i just think they're a lot better we have really good eldar players who play eldar um which which means we're always going to have innovators in that faction. There's always going to be people like like the Sean Nadens of the world uh, who just take Eldar to the next level and show us like what the good Eldar list is. Um, there there's a tons and tons of Crimson Hunters and Hemlock Wraith fighters painted and ready to go. Uh, every Eldar player has like twenty of them, I swear. So uh, overall, I think Eldar are going to be really good. They're probably going to be like the best gatekeeper faction. Um, you you have you'll have to be able to beat them. Uh, Scary, who's your seventh ranked faction? Scary, we'll go. Oh, we'll sorry go to about that. I literally oh, started ahead, talking. Scary. I was halfway through this very important point, and then noticed I was muted. So let me start again. It says I might ruffle a few feathers here, but I'm saying either Astrum of the Time, which I think you know makes sense. They have lots of tanks to tank every edition. They've got decent amount of infantry, and eventually, you know, once he gets off this whole sisters fade your brandon grant will show us the way okay and then <laughs> it's also genesis cults and tyranids combined i think that both putting both of those factions together is the sweet spot uh which way you want to combine them be my guest but taking zoanthropes and exocrines and jackals 
and you know the ridge runners or whatever especially the ridge runners but combining those two uh, with what they can do for maneuverability around the table deep striking using blips in a you go i go style deployment which is crazy powerful right and all that stuff it's just they have the tools to do well so i think combined they are my number seven okay interesting okay uh adrian who who is your number seven I have Dark Angels. Um, and we talked a bit about this earlier. You know, things like Talon Master are amazing now. Um, and, you know, again, at the end of the day, they are a Marine faction. So you're already starting with a good basis. Um, they're very happy to have more command points and uh, and more regular points for things like Plasma, weapon of the, uh, Weapons of the Dark Age, things like that. Um, so I just think they're, again, a Marine faction that is in a happy spot and probably only getting better at this point. Okay. Um Chase, what's the Goonhammer's take on the 7th ranked faction? Our 7th ranked faction is the Custodes. Uh, we think Custodes are crazy right now, to be honest. Uh, we were really debating about putting them higher, uh, but we think they just didn't go up enough points for what they can do. We think the big bike bricks are still going to run around and dominate a lot of things. And we think the amount of firepower plus their 2-up, 4-ups and everything is going to be really, really great to see. Uh, Custodes, we think, is a great fit for 7th. I, th- um, I, I think I think I agree with you. Uh, oh no, I definitely agree with you. But I think that there are two factions right now that everyone is jumping on, and and I'd even argue that these factions are overrated. Uh, now the term overrated is usually carries a negative connotation with it. However, with these two factions, I think it accurately describes both of them. And it's a it's something can be both overrated and still powerful. Now Custodes, one of those two overrated factions to me, um, have the biggest chance of not being good of completely falling off um everyone's kind of putting them in like their top five lists their uh, most improved faction and i agree they look amazing um but there's a little bit of a hype train going on with custodes that i i i don't know if everyone should buy into yet so they're they're very very overrated they're definitely not bad um but they still have like some of the issues that custodians have always had they're still very low model count they're very elite um they are forge world dependent which is who knows where that might go um overall uh i i don't I, i'd be most cautious about custodians um completely but i think it's seventh i think that's actually pretty good um you kept them quite out of the top five but you put them into the top 10 which is for a custodians amazing because they, they have, haven't been in the top 10 since they began i guess since i guess since eighth edition when when the the caladius grav tank yeah they they were on a tear there with their forge world help yeah absolutely um i would i would sincerely disagree good man but uh we'll get to that when the time comes we'll absolutely will uh it i already i already sense a little contention coming up um but let's go ahead and talk about goonhammer sixth rank faction Sure. Uh, now, this is one that was really contentious, too, and obviously we're getting to the, the last one, so it's going to happen. Uh, this is Admech for us. Now, Admech has some really, really great stuff still. Onagers are great. Uh, Cerberus Raiders are flipping crazy good, and Cataphrans uh, we think are going to be just awesome. Uh, they had the really good point changes. Uh, they had some bad point changes, disintegrators, and that whole platform getting a little bit more expensive. Uh, but we, we think Admech are going to be just powerhouses in this new play style. Uh, kind of in the same regards that Guard is. You know, they have a lot of tanks, they have a lot of shooting, but they have the melee presence of of their priests, and especially Call and the rerolls coming from that. It's just, just going to be really, really cool to see what people can do with them. Okay. 
Uh, Adrian, who do you have for your sixth rank faction? We've got the sisters. Uh, again, kind of as, as was mentioned, we're largely thinking about Valor's Heart for that ignoring minus one, minus two rend. <clears throat> they were very happy at the end of eighth edition. I think they were almost still underrated at that time. Uh, they, they're not happy about the changes to line of sight because they were happiest being completely out of line of sight and immune to everything, which was big against, you know, things like space rings that have so much stuff that's ignoring line of sight. Um, having said that, I think they're still in a great spot. They, they love playing the objectives. That's what they're best at. Uh, I think the transports will become a thing. Um, I'm most curious to see how people choose their their counterpunch units, right? Before we were seeing Bloody Rose with Zephyrim. I think that's still interesting, but you're now playing command points for that. Um, and also I think things like Flagellants and Repentia, while might not maybe are not as good, they they don't have to slog across the battlefield in Rhino anymore necessarily, right? They can play back, they can play the midfield. Um, so overall, I'm, I think they're just great. I'm just curious to see how the... Um, the preciseness of that kind of pans out. So for my sixth rank faction, I've got Tau. Um, <laughs> I know I ranked them very, very high. Uh, and this was, I was, I went back and forth with them for a long time, but I ultimately decided, I ultimately decided on um, ranking them this high because of uh, one simple thing. That's the Taunar. Now I remember, I remember a time back when the Taunar was used a lot and it was very, very good. Um, I, I, the, the shield drone hikes, Point hikes suck, but as Chase talked about, um, gun drones still aren't bad. They can still save your protocols. They still add extra wounds. Um, the Riptide is still a thing. Crisis suit bombs are still really good. Uh, they've just kind of turned to more of like an elite faction that maybe doesn't necessarily play the board control game very well um, because you don't have all these drone bodies just like taking up space and moving up the board. Kind of like how Richard Siegler used to play them. Um, I don't think they can do that quite anymore, but if the Talonar Supremacy suit uh, meta kind of happens um, I, I think it's going to be very very interesting you can't lock it in combat anymore um, it still shoots really well uh, I believe it still has drones you can still save your protocols drones on it um, so I, we'll, we'll see the the supremacy is the reason why I have them up high um, I, I did have them at gatekeeper but then I, I just took them off of it because I, I think that maybe now they're probably real contender um, and if anything Worst case scenario, we we see like three or four different kind of Tau lists um, that absolutely do well that people are going to kind of complain about. You have like the Supremacy Suit list, the Triple Riptide list, and then like a Crisis Suit kind of like fun everywhere on the board shooting you kind of list. So anyways, um, uh, Skari, why don't you take, tell us your sixth best faction and then take us into the top Absolutely, five. Pablo. So I just wanted to make a statement first. It is hard to... You know, this is, of course, all fun and games because it's the most accurate science that we have. But when it comes to factions in the top of the armies, a lot of times it comes down to specific army builds and things like that. So take that with a grain of salt, folks. So I did put Tau in the top six. I think uh, they have a lot of the tools, as you said. I don't need to mirror you. But I also put Mixed Eldari in the top six. I think that Eldari work as a faction mixed together a lot better than they do um by themselves so craftworld harlequins mixed in with some drukari that sort of thing i feel like lists that are sort of souped will do very well in this sort of like middle of the top pack hmm. um what do you think about the loss of command points in mixed eldari lists eh, you know if if you do 
like a good Eldar player could play a game with, you know, seven command points. And you can make a, you know, mixed Eldari list with, you know, six or seven command points. And then on top of that, you get one every single turn. So as long as you could do it before, there's nothing that says you couldn't do it now. Uh, you just have to mi uh, pick and choose your units better because everything's more expensive. Okay. And into the top then five. we dive right into the top five. So I put Harlequins as a top five pick. I feel like Harlequins came off big. They have a lot of tools that do very well for the mission, as we spoke about that. And Monster Mash Demons. I feel like if you're a demon player and you haven't tried Monster Mash Demons, I'm talking three Lords of Chain, uh, three uh, Keeper of Secrets, or Celesk and a couple of uh, Keeper of Secrets, two... Uh, Lords of Change or more, some Nurglings to hold objectives, and then add in Magnus if you want, for example. They, I, it, seriously, if you haven't played against Keepers of Secrets and you haven't been rushed by them, you you've missed out in life. Um, <laughs> I I saw I saw an army this weekend, uh, just absolutely destroy a Custodes player. And not just any play. This was Devon, like Devon Swan, like ITC ranked. Just this, this, this demon list just destroyed him. It was, it was very satisfying to see. Um, but yeah, I think that they have some play. So be creative. Okay, uh, Adrian, who do you have in the top five? Your first I, place. <laughs> I also have Harlequins. Um, I won't double dip too much on this since I, I kind of went on earlier about them, but they are just. They're just super happy where they are, honestly. Um, and I do think it's still a skill army, right? So I think this is an army that's e easy to just pick up and you'll just like win ninth edition. Um, but I think if you're a good player, you're going to go especially far. Okay. Uh, I have uh, Custodes in my top five. Uh, they're in fifth place. Uh, I think they're really good. I think they deserve to be a top five army uh, right now. Um, but they have a lot of eyes on them. Uh, another thing about Custodes that kind of worries me a little um luckily luckily there's no tournaments going on but if there were tournaments going on right now um all of the custodes like units are out of stock like all of them except for the venerable land raider you can still buy that i promise it's still there uh don't oh, please good. don't buy it but it's 80 dollars for anyways 80 us dollars but anyways um so it might be really hard to get your hands on an actual custodes army right now at the moment um so I'm kind of interested to see where that lands kind of come the end of December as GW has been known to be just be sold out of models for six plus months. Um, just ask poor Grey Knight players because Grey Knights were sold out like right at the LVO when that book dropped and then haven't come back into stock until July 18th, like a few days ago. So we'll see where Custodes are um, in terms of their availability. But uh, they're very good, like everyone said. Um, they play the missions. They look like they play the missions very well. Um, they look like they have a really good matchup at the MSU armies um, because they do MSU really well, and their MSU is really, really efficient. Um, so, I, you know, I, I'd like to see where Custodes are, but they look pretty good. I'm pretty happy with, with uh, where they are and how the buffs they've gotten. And then Chase, Goonhammer. What is Goonhammer's fifth a faction and then take us into fourth the fourth place faction our fifth place faction are the gray knights uh we think gray knights are an awesome place right now coming in this new edition uh we think their damage output is just ridiculous uh we think double paladin bomb is still a real thing you know terrain withstanding even with the new dense cover and light cover those things can really help out our gray knights as well 
Also, their their points increases were like almost nothing. They only had a 6% increase on their HQs with a 15% on troops, a 16% on elites. Like these are all real small numbers for a really expensive army. And so that, that's really great to see. Uh, we're looking at, you know, close combat heavy, psychic heavy, plus all of the shooting on the planet. Uh, we think granites are in a really, really good place and we put them in our top five. Yeah. Uh, one. Okay. Before you go on to your fourth place, one thing I want to say about granites is um I've kind of always had a sneaking suspicion that the reason why granites were so good last edition, right right before Corona hit, um was also not only because they did they countered the meta so well, but also because Imperial Knights were the worst faction, arguably the worst faction. Um, now, do you think if Imperial Knights kind of rise to the forefront and get really really popular again, as an Imperial Knight and a Green Knight player, I've always felt like Imperial Knights had the edge in that matchup. Um, do you see them kind of maybe faltering a little to Knights, or do you see them just still crushing Knights? I think, honestly, I think it's a better matchup now for both armies, which is kind of interesting, <laughs> you know? So it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be really on who's piloting the list. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of counterpunching, especially with, you know, being able to jump behind some terrain with, let's say, Gate, and, you know, using those heavy bolter stratagems to really power down the Knights, or maybe even getting close combat, putting a lot of damage on them. But Knights, vice versa, they have almost as much shooting if they can get lines of sight on the granite players they're in a lot of trouble too uh so i I think it's gonna be really down to the pilots of those matchups okay uh fourth place yes so fourth place for us and this one is probably gonna be a surprise for a lot of people is we are putting just the regular old space marines at fourth place Mm. Uh, they have, uh, they're, they're amazing. Space Marines are still super amazing. Uh, they, they do lose a lot of stuff with the, the, the uh, what am I thinking of? With the Vigilist attachments and everything jumping away. So, I mean, that does change some lists around. But when it comes down to it, Space Marines are still just one of the most powerful codexes, especially looking at things like Eradicators and, uh, you know, just Eliminators. And, and all kinds of stuff. Intercessors by themselves are so powerful as a troop choice. And, and now with the alternating deployment as well, being able to have infiltrators and scouts, being really aggressive with those. Uh, Space Marines are in one of the best place for missions, for gameplay, and even for ease of use. So we have them as our number four. Okay, Skari, lead us into the faction I think we haven't mentioned, period. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, your fourth place faction. My fourth place faction comes covered in pus. The Death Guard. And uh, on a side note, any other Space Marine that's not my number three pick... But um, uh, <laughs> Death Guard, I think they are super durable. They're, they have lots of killy options. Uh, they have surprising speed in some of their options. But I think they're... And their Psychic Awakening was just incredible. I think uh, they're going to come out of 9th edition just swinging and sliding everywhere on, on see the pus thing. I kind of... Yeah, anyway. Mm, gross. Uh, for my 4th ranked faction... Uh, I picked Grey Knights. I won't beat this to death. Grey Knights are very good. Um, they might have fallen off. Might have fallen out of the top three um, in ninth edition. Whereas I think in eighth edition, at the end, they were in the top three. But they're still really good. If you're a Grey Knights player, this is a great time to be a Grey Knights player. Um, I'd even say it's better than when fifth edition when Grey Knights were a thing because in fifth edition, Grey Knights were very um, boring. Uh, they, they were, you ran one list. It was very simple. It was very good. 
Uh, whereas in this case, Grey Knights, uh, I still think you run one or two lists, but uh, they feel more dynamic. They move around the board a lot. They play the terrain game. They they're they're really good at MSU hunting. Uh, they put out good damage. Um, they have bad matchups that you need to kind of play around, but they have the tools that let you play around those bad matchups. So overall, they're more dynamic and fun. Adrian, who's your fourth ranked faction? And then lead us into the top three. I also have to go with the Pussy Boys. Uh, so uh, they just they have just a great Psychic Awakening, lots of durability, lots of damage. Um, they It's kind of nuts. The, the, the thing is, they also gained this huge toolbox, right? Um, they have all these different strats, and I played a few games with them before uh, 9th edition, just kind of using 8th, 8th edition stuff, and they were already good. But I was like, hey man, you know what I really want is more command points. And 9th edition comes out, we have all the ways to use these different tools, there's different builds that are interesting. Um, I'm also kind of excited that it doesn't feel like you can truly play a skew list. You know, we've tried a few things like Poxmongers um, with a bunch of demon engines that do fine, but they kind of get slapped around by certain things. So these these kind of balanced lists of Death Guard are... It's it's crazy, man. You gotta watch out for it. Um, yeah, so I, that's my fourth. Leading into my third, which is... Uh, I have it as Marines in general, but also kind of like Skari. Truly, when I say third, I'm talking about only one. I don't know if it's the same faction. Uh, I'm talking about White Scars because they are Boo. far and away the Boo. best. The best! <laughs> so they just, they have such a, they're so happy about ninth edition, right? You get the Assault Doctrine. I mean, Assault Armies in general are the ones that are going to be the happiest about the Doctrine changes. We already knew this, right? Um, but the fact that you can pretty much stay back you can play kg for the first couple turns and unlike 8th edition itc you're not punished to death by it right you can sort of play around it touch some objectives things like that um but they just have a ridiculous amount of flexibility you know we're really really loving the uh, assault intercessor white scars with the new bikes a lot of the new units to be honest um but they just just have a ton of flexibility and just kind of their cheap intercessors they're already great but they hit like a like a truck um and so i put the rest of the marines like uh close-ish like maybe top 10 if i was to break it down um so i'm really thinking about white scars and possibly raven guard here mm. so that's that's what i'm thinking now scary you too have space marines in your top three but you have another flavor of space marines i do the one and only poster child of the ultramarines oh, that's right dang. why honestly if you don't know that ultramarines can fall back and shoot yet i don't know where your head's at <laughs> Fall back and shoot is is going to be the most silly spe- like rule since they took it away from pretty much everyone and now Ultramarines just get it. They can Overwatch with multiple units like Tau, and they have access to the Supreme Command Detachment through Gulliman, one of the first strength ones that can, which then solves one of the other big Space Marine problems, which is multiple detachments to take all the characters. You take Gulliman, it's a chapter master and a lieutenant, which gives you plenty of space in your battalion to take a librarian and a chaplain and a tech marine and all the other random stuff that you need to take. And access to stratagems that let you say what's tactical doctrine or what turn it is. I don't care. I can just pick whichever one I want. I'm just saying those boys in blue going to be stomping all over tables near you soon. (laughs) <laughs> okay uh chase what is your what is goonhammer's top three uh goonhammer's top three is my personal number one which is harley quinn's harley quinn's had such an amazing psych and awakening book and the things that they got out of that buff everything that's happening in their book so much that it's it's really hard to ignore them 
And and Scarry's talking about fall back and shoot. Harley Quinn's can do that. We can also fall back and charge. We can also go over there and over here. The movement is the key thing in ninth edition, and there is no army that moves better than Harley Quinn's. I am I am personally so excited to see what people are going to be able to do with all these new things once we all start meeting up, once we all start playing again. There's so many varieties of Harley Quinn's that we can dive into. Uh, Shadow Seers got buffed. Weapons got cheaper. Haywire cannons are now free. I there's there's too many good things in Harley Quinn's right now to not really appreciate what they can bring to the table. Um, right on. Big top three. <clears throat> all right, for my for my third best faction, I have Death Guard in here. Uh, they went from being arguably the worst faction to arguably the best faction in ninth edition. Uh, Death Guard is so good. Mortarian's amazing. Uh, the, the Plague Burst Crawler lists are strong. You can still you can run Blightlord Terminators. You can do um, maybe not Plague Bear spam so much, but um, you can still may do hordes if you really wanted to. Um, I think they might even be the best horde faction. Uh, they just they have so much going on for them. They have great psychic powers. They have access to pretty good key detachments if you need to dip into that. But most importantly, they were already a kind of like single battalion faction anyways. Their Plague Marines are really good. You didn't need more than three in a battlefield role slot. So they're already good bat battalion detachment. But with Morty, they're better. And they get more CP. They were actually secretly one of the like most CP starred factions in the game in 8th edition. Uh, you needed just so much to do. You just need to do so much with their stratagems. And they actually have some really good stratagems that hold true, even though they're one of the earliest 8th edition codexes. So uh, I love Death Guard. Um, I think the missions gave them a big buff. They've always kind of just been that army that was known for sticking around, holding objectives, doing its thing. And then in these missions, I feel like they're almost catered to them. They just, they do everything so well. They kill just enough to satisfy the kill factions. They can hold on to objectives uh, for multiple turns. They're just, I really like them. I, th I think they're, they deserve to be in the top three. I, uh, talking about Death Guard, I do need to shout out Mr. Don Hoosen, who is very happy that my Rax will no longer be able to tie up his Plague Crawlers in close combat. That's it. That's all I had to say. <laughs> all right uh and then uh, i'm gonna lead the way into the second place faction so for my second place faction i picked adeptus mechanicus now i will admit i am buying into a lot of hype here i haven't played against adeptus mechanicus i haven't played with them i haven't built a list with them uh, i've seen one battle report um in which they actually lost <laughs> but they look so good on paper. They just, the Cerberus Raiders just look so good with their character sniping. I've seen so many people try out lists where you just run your basic Imperium list with just like a unit of Cerberus Raiders, like three Quester Knights and Cerberus Raiders or Ultramarines Battalion and Cerberus Raiders. Um, and they just, they have so much going for them. They have Call, Castellan Robots, so shoot really well. Uh, the vehicle buffs help them out. Um, they just, they can go melee, they can get in your face, they're fast, their shooting is really good. They're just, I'm excited to see what Admic players do with them, because they, I think that they're probably one of the most versatile, well-rounded factions in the game. Um, and they haven't been in this position since they've started playing. They've, they've always been on the cusp, um, in my opinion, uh, but being the second best faction is new for Adeptus Mechanicus. Uh, and they've also been steadily getting the GW treatment, which is they've been steadily getting little micro buffs over time, over and over and over, new units here or there. They got the best Psychic Awakening treatment, um, and I think 9th edition is their time to shine. So, second best for Adeptus Mechanicus. Um, 
Let's go ahead and move to Adrian. Who's your second best faction? Ah, funny you should say Mechanicus, because it's Mechanicus. Um, I, it's hard to say too many good things about this uh, this faction, because they're just amazing. You know, um, I'm excited, because I, I started them you know, in 7th edition, or 6th edition even, possibly, with uh, War Convocation, and I'm excited for the same reasons you mentioned, which is to bring sort of the depth of field back to this army. I, I played it because it was very tactical and interesting. And finally, there's, there's options. Having said that, Castellans. Oh my god, oh. Castellans with Call. Um, the new Mars Canticle for the plus one strength on heavy weapons. Mm-hmm. Combine that with the fact that with Call, you're pretty much always going to be in cover. You can replace Canticle number two with the Martian one, so you pretty much always get that. It's oppressive. This is probably probably my, my pick for number one most improved unit for the vehicle buffs, right? The fact that this used to be, this was already a unit and an army in many regards that was completely oppressive if you didn't know how to fight it or didn't have the tools, right? Having said that, if you were able to literally just touch it, you know, you just touch the unit that you basically want the game, they're shut down. The fact that that's gone, the fact that they can uh, a back up and shoot if you really wanted to take uh, that that warlord trait, because why not? Or they can just shoot through. They actually could say, "Well, I'm going to just put two castellans to, to wiping out whoever's touching me, and then the other four can go somewhere else." Um, I got to tell you, it's an oppressive amount of firepower. Um, and like you mentioned, they have all these other units that are also good at scoring and doing these other things. So they are ridiculously good, and I'm super excited for it. All right, Scary, <sighs> continue the hype train with your second best Did faction. someone say Adeptus Mechanicus? Because I'll raise you uh... an Adeptus Mechanicus. It's um, <laughs> the, the, the reason it made it so high on my list is not just because of the buffs and things like that. They added a lot of really cool, like, extra units. Like, I feel like the Raiders, especially, everybody's been talking about them. But what happened is they plugged all the gaps that made Adeptus Mechanicus very hard to play competitively. You know, so I look at it as, how would I play against the army playing a game against it? Usually I would go up, tie up all their things, you know, they wouldn't be able to shoot, then they couldn't kill me, then they lose the game. And that's not something you can really do anymore. And them just not being able to get tied up in combat, having great options, uh, you know, they had moderate price increases across the board, nothing too crazy, some of the best planes in the game. I honestly, I think, uh, you know, a good player will really squeeze the juices out of the Admech. Um, Oil? Yes, that one. (laughs) <laughs> right on. Okay, Chase, Goonhammer. Who, who, was, who did Goonhammer pick for the second best faction? And then also lead us into the best factions, the the best Absolutely. absolute faction. So ours is the, uh, the Dark Horse second. Uh, our second place choice is the Thousand Suns. Yes. Uh, we, we were really excited about the Thousand Suns in general. We look at their points kind of not being touched very much their command structure the hqs are all criminally under point boosted magnus is super good armand's super good demon princes are still super good their command structure all that hq slot is going to be carrying the day uh then we take into account their psychic awakening we take into account the the new buffs that their scarab cult terminators got uh, even even something as simple as Zangors and, and the presence of flinging those things downtown. There's a lot of things Thousand Suns players can do now, and especially with Ninth Ed being an army that sells itself as being durable, um, having that one less turn to really get to places and make things happen, we think it's going to be uh, a, a game changer, and we think this is going to be a golden age for Thousand Suns players. 
Hmm, interesting. Uh, and then the number one faction. Hello, guys. Sorry to interrupt. I know you were looking forward to hearing Chase talk about the final faction. Uh, unfortunately, he cut out. The warp took him, and this audio was just lost. I have no idea where it went. Um, it, it's a little weird, so this is just me dubbing over him. Uh, his number one faction, if you haven't already guessed, through process of elimination, was Death Guard. And I'm going to attempt to do my best Chase impression uh, for you all so that you understand what he had to say. It basically went something like this. Oh, well, well, Pablo, I absolutely appreciate you having me on the podcast. You're easily the most amazing, influential podcaster this side of Warmer 40k. And uh, I like Death Guard because 9th edition and Death Guard go together like peanut butter and jelly. Uh, and that's pretty much it. That's uh, everything he said in a rundown. And uh, we're going to jump right into it with everyone else's number one faction. And once again, Chase, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, buddy. Um, I don't know what happened. The warp just took your audio. Right on. Uh, Adrian, who is your number one ranked faction? I'm going with the Golden Boys, the Custodies. Um, now, with, with especially the top five, there's a lot of interesting stuff kind of happening about where these different you know, armies lie in regards to each other and how they counter each other, right? So there's things like Admic actually gets re- wrecked with Harlequins in a lot of cases, things like that. Custodies, we've tried a bunch of games, and they just, they cannot lose. It's ridiculous. They have so many tools. They have ways of really saying, Let's gonna, we're going to put this Talon on front and say, if you don't take that, then you have a Vexilla in your face next turn. Oh, you're going to go on to us? Well, you get no rerolls. Also, I'm ignoring all this rend and just like... They play, they want to be in the midboard. They play that midboard really well. They're hyper durable. They hit super hard. And again, earlier I was talking about the fact that a lot of armies can hit hard where they can get there, but they can't stay there. And the custodies are actually one of the factions that can actually do that after Psychic Awakening, right? The Psychic Awakening was amazing, but terrible in the context of 8th edition where you still didn't have enough command points. So now that you have those command points, you can just, you know, buff up tons of things, make them really like actually durable not like kind of durable in other in other factions it's it's to the point where your opponents either wasting firepower or they're not going where they should be um i i they're amazing and i'm terrified um, by them honestly uh yeah <laughs> and, uh one, one thing before we get to scary one other note uh adrian you gave me two lists one with all the normal factions all 24 mm-hmm. and then with the bonus uh space marine supplement chapters thrown in there and then both lists you put custodes as number one yeah, that's right. I mean, they they love killing marines, right? They can play super durable. Um, you have to come to the midfield at some point if you want to play ninth edition, and the custodies will beat out um, pretty much all of the space marines except for maybe late game white scars or blood angels. Hmm. Um, so yeah, they're just they're in a good spot, man. Right on. And then Scary, who's your number one faction? So custodies is my number one pick. I know it's the hype, the hype. Yes, the hype. Um, However, when you actually physically see them play on the table, you'll understand why. They I, they are scary good. They have all the command points they'll ever need, and they have some of the craziest stratagems I've ever seen in my life when playing a game and trying to kill these damn things. And they don't really... They, yes, there's some good forgeal units, which are really better than their their other ones but just straight up alaris terminators are some of the craziest units uh you know that can deep strike three inches away from you charge in and each one is a thunder hammer totting captain essentially in a unit and they just like kill whatever they hit um they do suffer from some you know uh like um 
they they can be weak too especially if they have bikes you can tie the bikes up now they can't fall back and like shoot or charge so there there are weaknesses but pair the durability, the ability to kill things, the speed that they can do it at, and the fact that every model in their army is objective secured, and you're looking at a game that you have to capture objectives, you have to move around the table, and you have to have the ability to push people off objectives or soak up charges or whatever. They just have everything you need to play the missions factored in with the fact that they like didn't go up in points like at all. So you your army list doesn't really change. Uh yeah. So for my number one faction, I am of the firm belief that to be the best, you have to beat the best. And I saw a lot of improvement. I saw a lot of great newcomers coming up to the throne, but no one has dethroned Space Marines for me. Space Marines got better in Ninth Edition. Uh, certain lists didn't get better. However, overall, they are still easily the best overall faction, in my opinion. The Ultramarines got so good. The Gilman buff where uh, the Gilman buff, where you get the command points for taking him, plus the command points from the the detachment, plus the battalion command points, is is crazy. So they get the most command points coming out of the gate. They have the most unique variety in all of their builds. Uh, the points didn't hurt all of their units really hard. They still have the best characters, in my opinion, in the game. Uh, they're just they're so good. They're 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 to me they're the clear best faction and have been for some time. Um, and I said this. Last year, almost on the month, I think Space Marines released in August, so it'll be 11 months, and I've been saying it since they came out, Space Marines are going to be good for years to come. We're going to, 10 years down the road in 40k history, we're still going to be talking about the Space Marine Summer, the Space Marine Edition, the end of the, uh, the edition and 8th edition. Um, there are going to be people who uh, might whisper like, oh, Space Marines, you're taking them, you're OP, even if they're the worst faction. They're going to have this reputation forever. They're the, uh, in my opinion, the clear best faction um until they're not so we'll see um thank you so much everyone for power ranking with us uh chase adrian and scari uh are there any honorable mentions you'd like to throw out there any factions that we didn't mention but you'd like to uh maybe just kind of give them a little nod uh, or rank them uh shout out to the galapox infected which are from the... <laughs> there are lots of fringe factions, and we know and we understand that we haven't picked all of them. You know, sadly, they don't all see competitive play. But if you're a fun narrative, funsy player, and you understand what a Galapox, Galapox infected is, then good for you. Uh, yeah, just a couple of shout-outs to, to faction kind of specifics. Again, White Scars, incredible. Um, and then also uh, for Chaos Space Marines, um, really, I'm looking at Alpha Legion, man. I hate to say it, but they're real excited about all the tricks they can pull off for Ninth Edition. Hmm. Chase. No. Okay. Um, Hello? Looks like... Uh, oh, there he is. Hey, uh, yeah. So my, uh, my special one is White Scars. Um, that was not a... White Scars has to be talked about. They're so good. They're so good right now. So absolutely say about them. Oh, and also uh, Assassins and Fortifications. Let's not forget about that top tier list. <laughs> yes, and uh, go unaligned. You know, who wants an amble? Unaligned. An amble. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would like to say as a silver lining, um, because we across the board pretty much picked Gene Silver Colts as the worst faction. Um, as a silver lining to Gene Circle players, you're not in fact the actual literal worst faction. Sisters of Silence still exist. 
So <laughs> remember that. There's still a listed faction on GW's website. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, um, I'm curious, what's everyone's kind of take on Inari? Uh, Inari were basically their own faction in 7th edition because of how broken they were. Um, but since then, they've been relegated to supplement status, which is, I think, where they belong. Um, but real quick, where would you where would you put Inari? Anyone? Top, uh, I'd say 18. So 18 or yeah. 16 to 18. 15 to 20. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, middle of the yeah. pack. I will say I'm excited the uh, Yinkarn can finally heroically intervene after teleporting. Uh, yes, which is... It, what? It don't even get, open that can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right on. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, normally, at this point of the episode, we would have patron questions. We'd open the floor to patrons, so they'd ask us questions, and we answer them live on the episode. However, uh, this weekend, I decided that it was probably going to be a really long episode, um, so I decided to skip those questions. However, there's going to be lots of patron-exclusive content, and if you'd like to support the podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash chapter tactics. Uh, where you can help support the podcast and win cool prizes. This month, we're going to be giving away an Indominus box. So stay tuned for that. Uh, One lucky patron is going to win an Indominus box. Uh, And then finally, if you want to listen to a little bit more from Skari and his velvety voice, Skari, where can they find you? You can find me in my house. Uh, Message me and I can give you my address. Uh, Scardcast.com. No, I'm I'm kidding. Uh, YouTube, just Scardcast. Please and thank you. You are all amazing keep being amazing and that is scarred because someone asked me that's scarred cast with a k s k a r e d yeah c-a-s-t scarred cast um yeah i know it's definitely not my best um spelling work it's the edgiest <laughs> podcast right on and then adrian <laughs> where can they find you where can you find you and your positive vibes that's right you can always find me on youtube uh we're still streaming at least twice a week um over at tabletop titans come say hi right on and then chase i feel like you've got a lot of plugs oh yeah i can talk about take it away i can talk about stuff all day uh so uh once again my name is gunham right for goonhammer uh we have four articles a day we're always tearing through stuff we have our own patreon patreon slash goonhammer uh we love having people around we love interacting with the community feel free to reach out to us hit us up we're all cool and good here man Right on. And then uh, your team, the Warhawks, uh, yeah. they, you guys have the um, Northington. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Northington, uh, who is just a special shout out to him, because uh, I haven't shouted out to him in a while, but he is uh, the drunkest, best 40k player I've yeah. ever met. Yeah, he, he enters a savant state when he's drinking too much, and it just seems to... You put dice in his hand, and he clicks right in and, and tears through. But yeah, well, we, we're known for drunken antics and doing our best. So if you guys ever want to get drinks with us or any of the Goonhammer team or the Warhogs, we fucking love ourselves some whiskey. So hit us up. Right on. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Chase, Adrian, and Scary for coming on once again. As always, you are the best listeners in the world, and have a good one. <laughs>